0: somewhere under seattle washington it's the show you've been waiting for get ready to join your hosts john and kenrick as they talk comics movies and more
1: now here's spoiler country, Welcome back to spoiler country. i'm john horsley kenrick reagan's not here he had to go do some stuff so you got to hear me to the intro that's okay you know i do my thing so tonight's episode, or today's episode, or this afternoon's episode, or this middle of the night's episode, it all depends on, on where you're listening to and throughout the day. So go ahead and pick whichever one of those best fits your time of day listening. That's fine. You know, whichever one you want. We talk about Northwest Con. And by we, I mean not me, because I'm actually not on the episode except for here in this intro. So Kendrick's able to sit down with Michael from Northwest Con and talk all about what they do, what it is, what it means, and kind of what you get when you go to that convention, which is really cool unfortunately i wasn't able to join the conversation the last minute i had a, a work thing come up where I, I couldn't i couldn't be scheduled to get if i had to not be available so unfortunately you're going to hear my voice now but you will hear kenrick talk to michael from WestCon now so since i know you all care i'll kind of update you on my household over. you know I've, we, Kaylee and i and my wife and i we got the house we moved in we were unpacking we we're going through stuff i don't quite have my uh my recording area set up i'm still kind of recording in my closet uh i will have a recording area set up soon what that means for you Spoiler Country fans out there, or listeners out there, is that we're going to be bringing back Drinks and Comics here very soon. Hopefully by the end of April, we will have new episodes of Drinks and Comics up on our YouTube channel for you all to check out, which will be super awesome. Now, this episode, we're going to start something new. Not only do we have Kenrick talking with Micah from Northwest Con, but after that, we have a very special new feature of the show called Casey's Webcomic Roundup. Now, I'm calling it his roundup because (laughs) I try to call it The Corner he jokes saying Roundup, and you know, Casey, we're going to stick with Roundup, so there you go. On this first installment of Casey's webcomic Roundup, this is where Casey Allen, who, as you may know, is a friend of the show, longtime listener of the show, longtime friend of ours. He's also the editor over on the Eyes Anthology with me. He's the, the guy I brought in to help me see that book through to fruition. Uh, he ended up wanting to do some interviews with people and asked me if he'd be okay if he could do interviews with webcomic people, and then we put him on the show, I said, absolutely, man. So, but first, but first... Let's get to the meat of the episode, NorwestCon with Kenrick and Michael. Take it away, boys.
0: All right. I'm here with Michael Hanscom. Did I say that right? Hanscom, yeah. Hanscom. And he is one of the, I don't want to say, developers, showrunners of NorwestCon.
2: Well, one of the volunteers. One um, of the volunteers, I, even better. This year, I'm on the executive team, kind of similar to a board of directors, Um so the people who sit at the head of the table, yeah, <laughs> that's we're awesome. Are planning meetings, um, so, but I've been personally been involved with the con for about ten years. This is my first year on the um, uh, up on the exec board. So, so
0: I gotta admit, I feel kind of weird because I do Emerald City Comic Con, I do Jet City, I go to San Diego every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny goes to Rose City every year. We do all these different cons. I've never had a chance to go to your con, and so as a newbie, tell me what it's about.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. We're um, basically where a lot of the cons you just mentioned are fairly uh, and in some cases extremely large size um, yeah. mainly media focused cons. Uh, started with you know comic cons have obviously grown far beyond just comic books and they're in a right. big media and movie stars and TV stars and all of that. Um you know, WestCon is a much uh, we're, we're, st- we're a generalist con but we're primarily focused on the literary side of things so started as a, a kind of a classic fan run science fiction convention um, so uh, so our big focus is on the book side of things um, yeah. Yeah. So, as I said, we are a generalist con, so we touch on you know a whole slew of other side of things. We've got lots of gaming, we've got costuming, we've got panels that go on over all sorts of things within the science fiction fantasy umbrella. Um, but basically, the love of books, the love of reading, is very much at the heart of it, uh, at the heart of who we are.
0: That's awesome. So you guys do. So, is it mostly sci-fi and fantasy, or is it just strictly just sci-fi, or is it sci-fi and fantasy both? Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of an author named Richard Kadrey? Not off the top of my head, no. He's, but there, are... he, he does a, a series of books called Sam and Slim. He's been on our show. I I absolutely love him. He's like that's like my favorite books series of nice. books right now. But Excellent. he's he's been on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm only saying because maybe you guys could reach out and because he comes up and does stuff here. He's out of San Francisco.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually have—I um, have since I don't know his name off the top of my head. I don't know yeah, what yeah. sort of background he has or awards or anything like that. Um, we actually have a certain set of uh, rules that we go by for who we invite as our primary guest of honor, because each yeah. year we have we have a writer guest of honor an artist guest of honor and oh, nice. special guest of honor, and each of those has certain criteria that we look for. Um yeah. generally. Uh, uh, With – I'm stumbling a little bit here because I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. (laughs) Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. With the Writer Guess of Honor um, uh, Hugo Award winners or other big uh, science fiction literary award winners. Yeah. um, With Artist Guess of Honor, I I can't remember off the top of my head the similar award within the – Science fiction, fantasy, artist genre. Um, so those are our primary guests of honor. But we also do uh, account for. Uh, we have special guests of honor that we brought in every so often. Um, we have various other slots we can put people in, and of course we have a lot of uh, art um, artists, authors, all sorts of people who come in and volunteer to attend as pros or panelists. Who you know the people fleshing out, sitting at the tables at the front of the rooms during all the panels. So there are all sorts of possibilities for um, authors, artists, anybody to get involved, um, even if they might not fit our criteria for the writer, guest of honor uh, spot on the (laughs) (laughs) webpage.
0: That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun, though. So have you had people like Dan Simmons come in and stuff like that?
2: Off the top of my head, I don't know about Dan Simmons, although I'd love to see him come through. Um, He's got some of my favorite sci-fi books
0: of all time, The Hyperion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think he may have come through one year that I missed. Because I I remember there was an author that I really, really love. Yeah. I missed one year. Yes, he was there for NorwestCon 31 in 2008.
0: Oh, that's awesome. But we've had all sorts of
2: people... um, Sometimes they're names that are a little bit more familiar in the uh, writing community than the wider community. Um, uh, In recent years, we've, let's see, well, this year, our writer guest of honor is Ken Liu, um, who is an author in his own right and has also, if I remember correctly, has also translated um, uh, books for uh, the a Chinese author whose name I cannot think of off the top of my head. Um, He's yeah. a Hugo Award winner. But, so we have Ken Liu. Um, From the Dandelion Dynasty, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um... We had Dan Simmons a few years ago, as I mentioned. Um, recently, we've had Ian McDonald, Tanya Huff. Uh, just a couple of years ago, in the first Con 38, we actually had George R. R. Martin, which was a lot of fun. Wow! Yes, right, you know Game of Thrones. Well, it still is huge, but it was huge at the time, and it yeah. still is. So getting him to come in was uh, was a real treat. That is cool.
0: That is way cool. So, and how then, big is this con? Like, when you go, how many people do you think it will be there?
2: It, every year, I get together with about three thousand of my closest friends.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: That's yeah, a perfect
0: size because you feel more intimate with everything that's going on.
2: Absolutely. One of the things, as as much as I see about um, things like Emerald City Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con, yeah. and I like seeing all the news that comes out of them. I see the pictures of just these oceans of people, it and gets, it's yeah. just huge. It looks overwhelming. One of the things I love about this, one of the things I've stayed with it, uh, and it's kind of become you know my uh, second family is that it it, it is a, a lot more intimate. Uh, so basically, we take over one hotel, and it, it's it, everybody's there. The whole thing is going on. It's a much more uh, friendly, familiar atmosphere. I think. Yeah. Uh, one of the things the comparisons I like to draw is that a lot of times at the larger comic cons, because you do have these like big media stars, you know, you have to pay what, $60 up for autographs and stand in line. Yeah, yeah. it gets kind of crazy. Yes, Um, we uh, we have autograph rooms. The price you have to pay for getting an autograph is being willing to stand in line for a little while. Um, and we try and keep the lines reasonable. There have been a lot of times when our guests of honor always uh, are very much a part of the convention. They're on a lot of different panels. And there will be times, there was one year, um, we had our artist guest of honor at that point. Uh, it was uh, John Jude Palencar. Uh I just passed him in the hall. We got started talking. I was taking photographs at the time. He asked me about my camera, and you know, we just spent 10 or 15, 20 minutes just chatting. Yeah, And it goes on to whatever panel he's going off to. I went off to whatever I was going off to. And it's a very different feel than giant convention center. Yeah, you get lost of- in the
0: crowd. And those big conventions are money-making machines more than they are anything else.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: they say they're for the fans, but really at the end of the day, they're really about making money because they wouldn't charge what they charge. Because right. they make so much. You know, I always feel like when I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con, I'm paying for the privilege to go buy stuff.
2: <laughs> that sounds. You know. right. Admittedly, I've I went to Emerald City Comic Con a number of years ago, but I, yeah. and I haven't been back since. Just so it's not really my thing. But I do have a lot of people who, a lot of friends who are big fans of those and the, the, that yeah. those kinds of cons and that. And I don't certainly don't want to speak ill of them because they're sure. also part of the larger convention of family. Different ways of doing it, but it is a very different uh, model because we are fan run. We have always been fan run. We are entirely nonprofit. The, That's uh, awesome. Anything we take in goes right back into uh, everything that we do, um, and yeah, we try and give people absolutely, you know, four days worth of a lot of value for our membership cost.
0: That's awesome. When there's still tickets available, correct?
2: Actually, we just closed pre-registration, so we're close enough now. The con is uh, the con kicks off in uh, just two weeks from today mm-hmm. that we're recording. Nice. Yes, so we just closed pre-registration. At this point, um, memberships will be available at the door.
0: Oh, perfect. So, the, but, okay, so
2: two weeks is April eighteenth is yes. the start of the con. Yep, we're eighteenth to twenty-first this year.
0: And where can they go if they want to go and, and check this con out? Check out the Northwest Con.
2: Well, the uh, for a little, you know, for uh, little information ahead of time, our website is norwestcon.org. so n o r w e s c o n.org. Uh the convention itself happens down in SeaTac at the DoubleTree by Seattle Hilton DoubleTree by Hilton Seattle Airport, just across from the airport. Uh-huh.
0: So so Michael, tell me what is something you're super excited for at the con this year?
2: One of my favorite for things – You
0: know, for personally.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things, we've been uh, fortunate for a number of years now to host the Philip K. Dick Awards. It's, oh, nice. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the larger awards in the science fiction community, um, uh, given every year to the the uh, books, books that are eligible are books that are published for the first time in paperback that year so books that come out in hardback first and then paperback are not eligible these are paperback first publications because that's how so much of philip k dick's work came out yeah and so every year uh the nominees are announced in around january i make sure to go out pick up all the nominees, read through them all, so that by the time we get to the convention, um, I'm able to uh, attend the the awards ceremony. We get a number of authors, as many as we can each year. This year, I think we have either two or three of the nominated authors actually there and reading a selection from their own work. Oh, that's Um, awesome. And so we get a little bit of a taste of each of the books, and then we give the award. And it's it's become one of my favorite parts, just both because it really is tying into the the literary heart of the convention of our convention itself, and it's exposing me to a lot of authors and of books that I probably would I might not have come across otherwise.
0: Yeah what what is the what kind of books do you like?
2: Um, I've always been primarily more science fiction than fantasy. Um, I enjoy fantasy from time to time, but I'm definitely much more of a science fiction person. And I tend towards uh, the harder science fiction most of the time. Authors like – well, Neil Stephenson is one of my favorites. Um, Werner Vinge is really good. There's just – there's so many that are really good out there. That's Um, cool. Personally I'm going through a project right now where I've started read I'm working my way through the entirety of every Hugo award winning novel. Oh my and god. So I just started how, beginning. How many novels is that? 73 at the moment. It'll be 74 before too long. The the the, the finalists for this year's Hugos were just announced, and so I'm How how long do you think it's going to take you to do that? Oh, a
0: couple of years easily. Oh man. So I come from a from a long line of readers. Um my, my mother, specifically, is a huge reader, and she pushed reading on us, um, yeah. not in a bad way, you know what I mean? Oh, she yeah, just, yeah. Her love of reading made you want to read, and she read ferociously. She, I mean, it was not uncommon for her to pick up a book in, in the morning, and by the time we're getting ready for bed, she's already done starting on a new book. Yeah. That was common. And then, of course, she read to me all the way until I was probably 10, oh, which yeah. sounds, I don't know, sometimes I... You know, people are like, oh, you, you're still reading to you when you're 10? I'm like, well, yeah. But we read stuff like, you know, The the Lord of the Rings. We read The Hobbit. We read right. – um, we didn't read any Philip K. Dick, obviously. That's a little beyond my time for, <laughs> yeah. you know, for that age group. But we, you know, but a lot of – you know, th- just the classic stuff, you know. But that pushed me to want to read. And Absolutely. so now I don't even know how many books I've read in my life because I just – I always have to have something that I'm reading. Yeah. Because yeah. I love it. It's, and it just yeah. – It turned into more. And, and, you know, now I have dreams of someday maybe writing my own thing, even though, you know, my my syntax, my grammar is not the best. But that's (laughs) the nice thing about writing is especially writing fiction. You can write the way you want your grammar. It's important, but it's not the be all end all.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it, it becomes your individual voice. And the more the more you read, the better your writing gets. The more you practice writing, the better your writing gets. Yeah. And of course, as I you know kind of uh, threw out there uh, a little flippantly, but also a little serious, that is what editors are for. that can help with things like that, and that actually is <laughs> another big part of NorwestCon because we are a literary focused uh, uh, con. A lot of what we focus on is not just the reading of and talking about the books and the franchises and everything that we love, but also... Focusing very much on how we can benefit authors, and so we have a lot of our panelists. A lot of our panels are on the writing process, the editing process, the publishing process. Um, So, uh, if someone's just getting into writing, or if they've got their first book and they're uh, trying to figure out, okay, how do I go about publish? Do I need to find an agent? Do I do I want to try self-publishing? Do I want to do something else? We're going to have some sort of. We're going to have panels. We're going to have people who have been in those situations both on the self-publishing side and on the larger uh i guess corporate publishing side who are going to be able to be there and and uh give panels and give their talk about their experiences so that that's a large part of uh we, we try and encourage people not just on you know the enjoying the consuming end, but also the creation you know find those stories yeah. want to tell and find ways to get them out there
0: Well, that's exciting, man. Would you think or would you say that the Norwest Con is panel driven, or is there like a big center where people are like vendors have their wares that they can peruse and do all that kind of stuff as well?
2: I'd say primarily panel driven, but we also do have a a large dealers room that um, that there. So there's a lot of shopping opportunities available. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say we primarily panel-driven. That's a large part of the draw—is all the paneling and everything that goes on. But we do have the dealer's room. We have a a very large and well-recognized art show. Nice. um, yeah, showing art and selling art, and literally from artists, well, both local and around the world. Um, since my position on the exec team is secretary, which means I handle a lot of the mailing that comes in, and I have a box sitting here that I'll be bringing in that got shipped to us from an artist in Italy. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, art coming, science fiction, fantasy art coming from all over the place. And then we, uh, costuming is a huge part. We have a really big masquerade uh, uh, on Saturday night where local <laughs> costumers are coming, you know, getting up on stage and showing off what they've put together. Um, it just absolutely incredible outfits. Photography of that costumes and everything that we see is actually what got me into NorwestCon about 10 years ago. And I did that on just on my own for a bit. And then they said, well, you like taking photos? We don't have a photographer. Want to? You know, help out absolutely and i've been i've been there ever since
0: that is great that is great so there's a part of me that's scared because i'm (laughs) i love to go collecting Mm -hmm. and there's a and and i kind of want to start collecting some original um first editions Mm -hmm. like I, i i wanted to get man in the high castle but it was oh yeah it's like 300 bucks that doesn't find, surprise me at all. Yeah, Yeah. to find a good one. And then, <laughs> but of course I started with like, I, I want to see how much Alice in Wonderland is or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it was just like, yeah, I'm not ever going to make that. I'm never going to yeah. have that kind of money to be, go. I think I'll drop a first edition on Alice in Wonderland. You know, yeah. you're talking like 20 grand or something. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's crazy. But my question leading up to that is, is that something that is there? Like if you're a book collector and you want to go and find a certain book, do you guys have those type of vendors as well?
2: Uh, we do have book vendors in, in the dealer's room. Um, this year, I don't know how many, or it, off the top of my head, um, I don't know exactly who's there. But we do have book vendors in. I have Probably honestly no idea how a search for first editions or anything like that would go. I don't know if they yeah. focus quite on that side, yeah. <laughs> that segment of the it but there will be books for sale absolutely
0: <laughs> that's awesome
2: that's awesome
1: <laughs> but
0: i was just you start thinking about things and because i collect comic books and then on top mm-hmm. of that it's like well what's after comic books original books you yeah. know and then but you start going and you start pricing stuff out and you but i would imagine going to a con like this would be an amazing place to network to find things like that that you want
2: absolutely and yeah. we also have and Actually, that just reminds me that one of the possibilities – now, I never know what's going to be there until it comes up – but one of the things we do on Sunday is an art and charity auction where there is artwork and there are a lot of pieces – a lot of items that have been donated by vendors, by attendees, by uh, uh, people in the community – Uh, put up for auction and then the money raised from that goes a little bit to us just for the convention itself but also to the various charities that and organizations that we support um so that auction happens on sunday and i've seen some really fascinating stuff uh uh, available there um last year and if I, i can't I'm not 100% sure, but I believe some of that is also happening this year. But last year we had a uh, family donate uh, just years worth of artwork that they had collected um, to us specifically for uh, this um, the charity auction. So if if I remember correctly, some of it was done last year and some of it was held over to have this year. Could be wrong on that, but I whether or not that exact piece is true always a lot of really neat stuff there and you know if someone throws a first edition of something or an autographed edition of something in there that'd be a good opportunity
0: yeah that'd be a great opportunity that's that's awesome hey uh, so what's what's the cost at the door for like a one day or a four day or a two day
2: um, best deal is always going to be the full weekend if you think you might want to do it, and that's yeah. going to be eighty five dollars, and that's for four days, Thursday through Sunday. That's a good price. Um, yeah, if you want to do a single day, uh, Thursday is fifty, Friday or Saturday is sixty, and Sunday is forty. Awesome. Okay, and give us our give us the website one more time. Norwescon, so n o r w e s c o n dot yeah, dot org. I'm. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> the dot org only comes in there once. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's a dot
0: org dot com dot N E T. Yep. And then <laughs> this is. But it's
2: a Yes, SnowWestCon And yep. our full list of guests of honor our writer guest of honor is Mary Robinette Cole. Uh, artist guest of honor is Twan Nguyen. Uh, we have a special guest of honor, Nancy Pearl, a librarian you may have heard of. She's Her name got pretty big. Nice. um sorry my web is uh we have science guest of honor dan cobalt a genetics researcher also a fantasy sci-fi author um honor professional neil clark uh editor and publisher of clark's world magazine is going to be there and assisting with some of the writers workshops and wow. then our spotlight publisher is subterranean press
0: subterranean press i've heard of them yeah yeah that's awesome Cool. So, well, there you guys go, go. Michael Hanscom, thank you so much for joining us today. Northwest April 18th at the Doubletree in SeaTac. Yep. 85 at the door for the weekend. And that will be your best your best buy. Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah. If, if you think you might want to go two days, then it's it, it's a better deal just to go ahead and get the the full weekend membership. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys get down there and check out Northwest Con. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be All there. Suits. So we'll Excellent. have to meet up.
2: Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thanks, thanks. so much for letting me uh, babble at you for a little bit. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely.
1: All right, Kenrick, man, thanks so much for doing that. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. sorry, Michael, and everybody in North Carolina couldn't make it. it sounds amazing. It sounds awesome. And now let's check out Casey talking with Tiffany McLeod from Crystal Visions.
3: Today, I am going to talk to Tiffany McLeod, who is the artist and one of the creators on the comic Crystal Visions. And um, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Well, um, I am currently living in California. I am a self-taught artist. I've been drawing since like early 2000s in my like late teens. Uh, I gravitated more to watercolor. So my style is very watercolor and it's very emotional based. (laughs) At least that's what I've been told. I just gravitate to what I like. (laughs) Um, A little bit about my webcomic. It was created by me years ago. I had this idea and I'm not sure, I don't quite remember where the idea came from, but I think I was probably watching, binge-watching a lot of um, Studio Ghibli movies with a lot <laughs> of strong female characters. <laughs> and the idea just came up for uh, Crystal Visions. I worked on it a lot for a number of years by myself. I didn't really get anywhere. Um, I then... Recently, in the past two years, I joined a creator group of uh, all female creators. At the time, it was called the Ladybugs. Since then, it's been disbanded. <laughs> the group uh, uh, closed. Um, but in that group, I was able to meet uh, Brianna Shackleford, and I decided at that point that was like, okay, I'm an artist, and I've been struggling with writing for like the past eight years I need help so I just reached <laughs> out to her and said you know what uh I really I connected with her because her ideas based on like storytelling and you know the direction that we want this type of stories that we wanted to tell kind of matched so I asked her I showed her what my idea was and I asked her would you like to help write this for me because I'm bad at the dialogue and like when we started talking and I started explaining my idea, she started picking through my idea. Like she wrecked it.
3: It's <laughs> awesome though, to <laughs> find somebody to do that with.
4: Yeah, it is. And I'm like, I was so glad that somebody finally like pointed out these things. Cause I had struggled with not only the visceral com- concept, but the story concept and even the character design. Cause originally the story was more of like a uh, medieval fantasy. And when I was drawing the, the concepts and the character, things just didn't match up. And I guess after like one or two like sessions with her where we were like discussing where we wanted the story to go, I realized, wait a minute, this should be steampunk. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's awesome.
4: Yeah, yeah. So within like a good year, like I progressed further than I had within like eight years going at it alone. Um, and then later on. Yeah. It, it is. Collab- collaboration does wonders for work. <laughs> and later on, um, I needed help with lettering because I had become overwhelmed with, like, uh, I had pretty much stretched myself to a thing between work and, like, the extra projects that I, ha- that I had. So I asked another person that is within uh, the group if she could help me out with uh, the lettering. So she has been helping me with uh, lettering the comics so far. Um, her name is, uh, her online handle is milk is ooh, (laughs) milk is milk is is ooh. (laughs) I haven't, I have yet to say it out loud. (laughs) Like sometimes you just read a person's handle and it's like, okay, that's who they are (laughs) forever. And then you have to like say what the name is out loud. You're like, I don't know how to read or pronounce English anymore.
3: I um I had somebody uh, refer to me on a on a podcast one time as via my my handle on um the uh, Discord and on, on Twitter um as a robot seat guitar and, <laughs> and um I was like that I've hated it for the longest because I I thought it was funny at first and uh, then you have it for long enough and you get associated with it. You're like, man, I should have just used my name, my actual name. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> so uh, it's like, I'm trying to remember. Is it robots? It's robot eats or yeah. guitar. Ro-
3: ro- yeah. Guitar. Yeah. robots. <laughs> yeah. Guitar. N- guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Which- robots
4: eats guitar. That's how I read it. Cause I, at first it looked like <laughs> robots. Ro- it look, I read robot seat. And I was like, "No, that doesn't sound right."
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was from a story I wrote a long time ago that was really dumb about like a a future where music is outlawed and uh, robots roam around eating
4: um, eating guitars.
3: Of, eating guitars, yes, yes. Whoa! So awesome. <laughs> so so a, a band of ravagers uh, piece together uh, guitars from you know whatever they can find and, and take down the, uh, the robots with the power of music.
4: Awesome. Oh, wow, God, that, that. <laughs> it was so dumb. <laughs> Dude, sometimes the most dumbest comics are the, are the most funnest. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the comic was. Cause I was just paging through it at a comic book store and it was just pages of pages of this cowboy samurai, just killing zombies. And I oh, yeah, yeah. was just so <laughs> <laughs> you, some you can't go wrong with. <laughs> I know. So it's like, it was like it—it depends on how you approach it. And it was the most violent comic I've ever read. Well, not violent in a sense, but like there was just it—page after page, just a samurai just you know chopping up zombies. But yeah, I, and yeah. I, I kept reading. <laughs> And that was the plot.
3: (laughs) So, so give me, so you you told us about Crystal Visions, um, about how it it came about. Um, It's a steampunk and, and uh, the, go a little bit more in depth or. or
4: Well, it's pretty much about a young woman. Her name is Crystal, who is in this world where, uh, uh, they have two different types of, uh, um magic so one is alchemy which is a science and another is magehood, which is a sp- spirituality so on her journey to you know go to a funeral to, to um, mourn her uh, dead brother she discovers that she you know there's something else involved within his within his death so it's mainly about... Uh, her own journey to understand uh, what divides magic and science in that world, and That's along awesome. the way, she, yeah. So along the way, she you know gets entangled within like cons- you know conspiracy and some secrets and giant monsters. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> you can't go wrong with giant I, monsters. Yeah, giant monsters. Yeah. So within that world. <laughs> I included giant monsters because I wanted to draw giant monsters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, there there doesn't have to be any reason for giant monsters. They just are, and that's awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> they,
4: they, they just are. and i we we figure out a way to, you know incorporate it into the mythos of the world. But if I go into detail, with what the mythos is I think I might be uh, giving away some uh, some story.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah don't give so it just, away.
4: Just, yeah so I'll just leave it at that.
3: <laughs> and so you've always been into comics I take it? Hmm? Like, like where, where did how did you get into comics? Like what was the thing that that made you go like I really want to do that?
4: Well I had always read comics growing up um, I think I believe I first started with Archie Comics. They were funny and cute. <laughs> and <laughs> but they now, really, oh my God, they're yeah, they really nuts now. Yeah. Yeah, they're nuts now. They're the type of story that I probably was looking for in an Archie comic. But I was told to read more G- <laughs> in school. So they told <laughs> me to read Archie Comics. And I was like, dear God, this is like... They probably said, oh, you're
3: a girl. Here's an Archie comic. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, here's an Archie comic. And then slowly, somehow, through like sheer randomness, I picked up Akira. And wow. I
2: was like, this is what comics
4: should be. <laughs> and that Akira is... led me to uh, Sad Man, which led me to um, uh, to some other, other stories. And along the way, like, because I got really into like uh, manga comics, I got into anime. And you know, I would watched Sailor Moon and it was all fun. I was more like a little Disney kid. Like my yeah. my still my favorite stories was, you know, Gargoyles, which is very, you know, that was, you know, characters. That was off the chain. But yeah, I got into was... comics, yeah, because of those type of stories. Akira, um, uh some Sandman comics. I liked the way the Sandman comics tried different artists and different art styles that really impressed me
3: he really used them and, like a a toolbox he would yeah. go over oh, for this for this story i'm going to put this artist here because their strength is this and then i'm yes. gonna you know so, the next story is gonna be this person because they're good at doing this thing and that that always impressed me yeah
4: yes and i was like and, okay so you know i was like comic's could look different than Archie comics, <laughs> and somehow, like, I got interested in trying to draw them myself. Um, I started learning by myself, mainly through online tutorials. A lot of them were very anime based, and it was like, oh, okay. So I I wanted to learn, and later on, I decided, okay, I'm just gonna copy, you know, animation. So I copied a lot of uh, Bruce Timm art. I copied a lot of um, uh, Hao Miyazaki. And for a little while, I kind of dropped off drawing. Um, I wasn't really, I didn't really think that I had, I guess, the inner, what do you call it? talent, Like the natural talent to like draw because everyone kept on saying, oh, you have to be born with it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kept reading comics, and I ran across a superhero comic, and it was by uh, Alex Ross. Oh, it God, yeah. It was Kingdom Come. <laughs> it was Kingdom Come, and he <laughs> painted everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't care if I'm ever going to become half as good. I, I Okay, if I could get as half as good as this guy, I'm going to at least try, because... That was the point, the pinnacle point where I was like, you know what? I want to at least try at this because it impressed me so much. And I decided to take like a couple of painting classes in college. Um, The medium that we use was watercolor. We experimented with other things, um, charcoal, uh, acrylics, but I kept with watercolors because it was just. Very easy. Kind of, at the time, flowed with my, with it, it made my bad art look good. <laughs> That's pretty much what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it made my bad art look good. So I just kept up with it. And the moment I decided to draw my comic is was when, I had like a couple other ideas before, but I, I one day pretty much just sat down, okay, what was the story out of all the stories that I've seen that, I have, you know, get to read it. And I was like, huh, I haven't been able to like read that many steampunk com- comics because it's a very like niche genre and then yeah. include, you know, mysticism and magic in it. That's even rarer. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> okay, I want to make an attempt at a story that I would like to read. <laughs> so that's how I got into comics. It's awesome. Uh, it, after struggling with it for like a couple of years, I believe, you know what, let me take a step back. I forgot to include the comic jam. (laughs) So so my style that you see right now was pretty much refined during the first two uh, pages that I did at the comic jam. I had never before attempt, I had like attempted like some watercolor drawings digital watercolor drawings on the side on my own that I never shared with anybody, but to attempt to do a page comic, um, that was done at the comic jam. That was, <laughs> that's when I made my first attempt. And what, what, that's when I started doing it for the, the webcomic.
3: When I first saw your, your art with the watercolors, I was just like, this is amazing. Nobody's doing this. And that that's one thing I really love about, the our our little tiny group is that we have so many different styles um, yes. of writing and of art, and uh, I mean now we're we're you know we've got people that do letters and they're adding
4: yes more to so it. you yeah.
3: you were talking about your letters for uh for Crystal Visions and ha- having somebody take over that task and. Oh my god, is it not like night and day having somebody that can do that? And yes. you, you, don't, you, you don't get how important it is until you actually see the difference between somebody whose job is to letter, and then you know, you just putting it yeah. on the page yourself. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've
4: I've 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 lettered for myself before, and it's like okay all right, I did the drawing and I'm like, I'm so tired. Let me just throw the <laughs> letters on the page. <laughs> and, then it, and then it just makes the good art look bad. And I was like, ah, no, no, no. It's very, in all honesty, like I had to like reevaluate how I read comics. Okay, when I read comics, I read them. I look at the art, but I also read them. It matters how the letters look. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so it's important until like, I get a letterer that knows what they're doing.
3: <laughs> and and coming into that collaboration with a letterer, did did it affect how you went about designing your page for the uh, for the digital for the uh webcomic?
4: Yes, it did. I honestly I had a bad habit of not leaving enough space for letters. It it made me realize like okay, I need to learn how to lay out a page to the to where like the letterer would have space and you know they'd have an opportunity to be creative because I really didn't leave (laughs) and once I was done drawing, I took up all the space (laughs) as much (laughs) as I could. And I was after like discussing with my letterer, like okay, it is she told me that it was really hard for her to like put where the bubbles were and stuff. And then I was like, oh okay, I see what I've been doing. I've literally just been painting really i haven't been storytelling so i had to like lay out where you know there might be space to you know put letters and i believe it later on helped with the the readability and flow of the comic um if you take a look at the earlier earlier uh episodes and pages you'll see that it was a struggle (laughs) for the letter to put where would they put these things? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it makes a difference, and it, just knowing that that that's the next step that's supposed to happen.
3: Yeah, yeah. I um I was just recently I finished reading Mister Miracle by uh, the uh, Tom King run, which is fantastic. But I I was looking at the art, and everything was nine grids throughout the whole book. So like nine panels per page on every page. And
4: yes, oh, I, I felt I read so that bad one too.
3: Oh my God. I felt so bad for the, the letter. <laughs> I was like,
4: yes. Like I the, did. I, I, I was like, it was, it was a, an amazing concept to like do nine panels, but a lot of the work felt, felt like, okay, the, It it felt like it it was the artist, but it felt like you know the letterer just had to cram some stuff in there. Like I I noticed that, yeah, I noticed that the font was slightly smaller than usual. I don't know if it it was just me. I didn't compare it to.
3: (laughs) Mitch, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. The artist, Mitch Gerard, or whatever. Oh my gosh, his art is fantastic, and like the nine panel grids throughout the whole book. I was like, that's almost sadistic. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was a, uh, it was so well done though, but cheese and crackers, that's a lot to cram onto a page if you're not careful. Like you, ha- you really have to be running on all cylinders to be able to, uh, to accomplish that. With,
4: yeah. That's with why, why it's like, you know, occasionally I go into the, 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 the um, the, the writer's critique forum. The critique, uh, uh, not form, but, uh, what do you call it? Channel. And I, 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 sometimes I, I make, sh- I pretty much click on the different scripts just, just to count how many panels <laughs> these guys have. <laughs> and if it just so happens to have nine panels and a lot of dialogue, dialogue, that's what I'll start critiquing. I'm like, <laughs> as, an, as an artist, <laughs> you need to either one get rid of some of the dialogue. <laughs> Or get rid of some panels. (laughs) Yeah, like I had my first freak out on the Batman (laughs) comic. I was going through every single like community. Okay, how do I try (laughs) to (laughs) do (laughs) this?
3: We we used to only allow for for the comic jam. We only allowed four panels per page at, at first, which was like pulling teeth. Trying to write a script yeah. with with just four panels, um, especially if it was like a heavier concept for the theme, which um, it it was a struggle. So uh, we, I started going like, okay, let's you know maybe we can up it to six panels per page. But I've I've really tried to <laughs> to be strong on like, okay, you know we're we're working on getting there to be able to do whatever we want to on the page, but let's try to stick to six panels. I don't want people pulling their hair out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but oh, honestly, it was a good learning experience. I don't remember how many panels it were it was, but I I think I after that the Disney Disney Princess one ended up being even more panels, I believe. Yeah. But you, I was like
3: uh. <laughs> you did so amazing. I'm like, that, okay, all right, I'll
4: just draw it. <laughs> But I had to draw it in a way where it's like, okay, this is not getting backgrounds.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, um so
4: unfortunately, like I feel like the more you add panels is the more like it. I feel like you have to sacrifice like getting to uh, know the character up close because it's important like when you when you when I see a page that I connect with a face. So if all the characters are like small and tiny and I don't see a close-up somewhere, it's like, okay, it's like I'm reading um, a, a, a Sunday morning a comic strip or Sunday comic strip from like the olden times.
3: Yeah, yeah. You
4: know? <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Tiffany. I mean, I'm pretty sure someone out there has done a better job of, <laughs> of handling it. But, you know, it's, it's just hard me to connect with stories like that
3: and so so coming back to the crystal visions comic you you're collaborating with with another writer and you i guess do you both kind of lay out the outline for the story or have you just kind of seeded that job completely over to her
4: it is both it is both of us um uh since it's it originally started as my concept but she's done a lot of things to help make the world what it is. So, and plus, I also want her to also have like some creativity input because, like, a collaboration while I'm like trying to be like a, an epic dictator is not gonna work, even if oh, no, it is an no, no, no. idea. So like, so, like, when you're sharing an idea with some th- someone, you literally share it like you're handing over something to them as like, you know, a gift. And once you hand over a gift, that person can do whatever they want with it. So, um, so we pretty much collaborate together. We, you know, I, sometimes I lay out what I want to happen in the story, but sometimes she has like a significantly better idea and it's like, okay, let's do that. (laughs) That sounds so cool. (laughs) And it it just, that's how our sessions usually go. And it's it's awesome. Yeah. Because we both have day jobs that we both have like careers and stuff that we also feel very passionate about, we kind of go at it in a way that's very casual. So there's no, there's no like severe deadline.
3: <laughs> I was I mean, about I'm to just, get into that. Coming, like, yeah. How are you able to to be a, a, a parent and, you know, a, oh my gosh. It's can- <laughs>
4: <She's> so cute. <laughs>
3: so so talking about being a parent (laughs) hold on one second keep it down and she said no (laughs) Uh, how are you able to uh to work the comics thing into your into your life while you have so many other things going on Is there? uh, Do you just do it when you can, or do you set a time, set aside time each day to get stuff done?
4: In the beginning, when I first had my son and my family was brand new, it was very, very, very hard because I was used to having like time blocks that I could schedule to do these things, and I I started little by little. So first, I decided, okay, whenever. whatever, like 10 minutes that I had, I was going to do something. So I would use whatever time that I had to do something. And as like my son got older, it became easier to train him or let him know that when I'm doing this thing right now, that is what I'm doing. Um, and it's easy. Now it's easy to distract him because I have technology and TV, right? So like (laughs) TV, (laughs) is it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She she was speaking of she was watching Teen Titans Go the the movie the uh, oh, okay. earlier and I guess it went off or something because she, that that thing has been I've only seen the first ten minutes of that movie
4: because oh the teen, uh, you should watch the rest of it there is a Michael Bolton song we in we that have movie seen that. that should not be missed
3: <laughs> you. Know, you know, like, your kid has, like, a favorite movie or something, and they've watched it so many times, but you you put it on to let them see it while you do other stuff.
4: Yeah. And so
3: I've just seen, like, bits and pieces, but the uh, the inspirational song, my wife and I were in the room when that came on, and she said... <laughs> bolton <laughs> <laughs> immediately we both pulled our phones out
4: like oh yeah yeah that is michael bolton holy cow <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen i've seen the movie like uh, unfortunately like my my i the i can let my son play games there's some movies and shows that he'll watch but there's certain movies where i he wants me to just sit there and watch it with him. You have no idea. <laughs> I've lost count how many times I've seen the Lego Batman movie. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well anyway, going back to like how I schedule everything um, recently, how I've been doing stuff is like more recently now that I have like a new job that I'm trying to get used to. I, I've kind of like shifted everything into the morning. I wake up a lot earlier than I normally would. Um, I get to work early, like maybe like about 30 or sometimes 45 minutes early before work actually starts and I start drawing then and then I go to work and then I just come home and I do absolutely nothing. Either I crash or I do a little bit more. It's, that's how I've approached things. <laughs> um, it helped back in the beginning when I was just starting out uh, with the family and everything to attempt to draw as fast as I can. Um, if you've noticed the beginning of the the comic, that it's the style was designed so that I could draw it very, very fast. I didn't really focus too much on the line. I put a lot of effort into color. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But in more recent pages, uh, which hasn't been um, uploaded yet, I've taken time to sit down and focus on like drawing more character expressions and focused a lot on putting in more detail. So everything that I've done in the comic so far was intentional based on the amount of time that I could (laughs) put into it.
3: And I mean, that, that just goes to show that, I mean, it, for some people, it's something they do because they're bored. They they just want to do it. But y- you really have to be passionate about it to yeah. to maintain um, a, a story. And and with I, that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to kind of start this uh, this little segment uh, for the Spoiler Country podcast is that. People don't really get their due when it when it comes to uh, web comics, because there's so many people who are passionate about what they do about their stories and about putting out their their pages uh, and getting those uploaded. But nobody gets to nobody talks about them as much. So um, I'm hoping to kind of shed a light on these creators. And and that being so, Tiffany, thank you so much for uh, for talking to me about this.
4: Yeah, great. I, I had a great time talking with you too. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you ever uh, oh. need a co-host, let me know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll hit you up. Um, can you tell uh, tell people on the Spoiler Country podcast where to find your comic?
4: Okay, you can find my comic on uh, Webtoons. Just search Crystal Visions and you can also find it at crystal. You can also find it at crystal visions comic.com.
3: Awesome. So uh, you guys get on to uh, crystal visions uh, at webtoons or at crystal visions, comic.com. And what's your uh, social media?
4: My social media is uh, Instagram. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at T.R. mccloud Prime or on uh, on Twitter at Tiffany mccloud. Well, forget Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what symbol I use in that in that like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tiffany McCloud on Twitter and you you look for the painting looking icon.
3: (laughs) And somebody asked me about twitter about my twitter the other day in reference to daddy. comics and I was like don't it's just me yelling at politicians like
4: yeah. don't.
3: <laughs> but but tiffany thank, thank you again for oh my god are you calling to daddy I'm talking to my friend tiffany I'm a I'm, uh, tiffany I'm gonna, go
4: Well you're going to have to have you're going to have a time editing this
3: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Hi. Say say hey to Tiffany Holland. Hey, Tiffany. (laughs) Hi, Holland. (laughs) All right, Tiffany, you have a good day, okay?
4: All right. Okay, you too. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on.
1: And that's a show, man. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Casey, for talking with Tiffany, and Tiffany for coming on and talking with Casey. Thank you for Michael for coming on and talking with Kenry. Thank you, everybody who's listening. As always, we are Spoiler Country. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Every podcaster, just type us in, you'll find us. We are on all the social medias. We are on the Twitters, the Instagrams, Facebooks, all of them. Just search for Spoiler Country. If you want to contact us, you can email us at spoilercountrygmail.com. You can catch out our website at scpod.net. You can leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080 And you know, as we always say at the end of every episode, open your mind, read more.